Hey boys and girls, this is Don, the Great Southern Brain Fart. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Blowin' Wind with the Great Southern Brain Fart podcast. This podcast has been an absolute blast for me, and I hope you all have been enjoying it as well. Do you have a favorite episode? Do you have a favorite couple of episodes? Hell, do you love them all? The best way you can let me know is by leaving a comment or a review over at iTunes or on whatever platform you are listening to the podcast on. I'd really love to hear from you. Be sure to check out the website at www.brainfartinterviews.com and check in with me. This is something I really want to see grow and I want this to become your podcast as much as it is mine. So thanks again for all your support. Thanks again for listening and please spread the word. Well, hey there, boys and girls, and welcome back to episode 21 of Blowing Wind with the Great Southern Brain Fart. We are 21 deep. That might mean something else, but anyway, whatever. This time around, we have Johnny Gioelli. You might be thinking to yourself, who the hell is Johnny Gioelli? Well, I'm going to tell you who Johnny Gioelli is. To me, Johnny is a true veteran metal vocalist. Why this guy isn't a household name, I will never understand, but in my opinion, he sits up there with the best of them. From his early days and current days in Hardline, to his long-running stint as lead vocalist for legendary German guitar god Axel Rudi Pell, Johnny Gioelli has had 30 years, if not more, under his belt of Rockin' Nations. In 2018, we saw the release of Axel Rudy Pell's latest album, Night's Call, and Gioelli has been busy as hell, hitting the festival circuit with Axel in Europe, working on his own solo material, working with Hardline, being a husband, father, and somehow managing to find the time to breathe and maybe take a power nap for a few minutes here and there. He also found time to speak with this asshole, which I couldn't have been any happier with. This was my first time talking with Johnny, and I couldn't have had a better time, to be totally honest. Johnny, talking to that guy, it's like talking to an old friend, and we hit it off right off the bat. Johnny absolutely killed it on this interview, and it was such a good time talking to him. I hope you all dig getting to know Johnny Gioelli, and without further ado, let's welcome Johnny Gioelli to Blowing Wind with the Great Southern Brain Fart. Can you dig it? I think you can. Johnny, welcome to Blowing Wind with the Great Southern Brain Fart. What's up, man? Thank you. Thanks for having me, bro. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. One of the first things I was, <laughs> I was like, I was looking at your name, and I was just like, okay, how many ways could I like pretend to get his name wrong? You know, I was like, I was gonna call you like Johnny Giovanni, you know, Johnny Gelat, <laughs> yeah, Johnny Gelatin, Johnny Johnny Geo Jelly, you know, because I've heard it all. It's like a bad pasta dish. You know, it could be on the, every menu of every Italian restaurant. 
So that's why, you know, I, I thought about losing the last name. Uh, I thought about just shortening it to Johnny Geo. I, I, but it's it's just simply pronounced G-O-L-E. If you say four letters, G-O-L and E, you say those four letters fast, G-O-L-E, you got it. G-O-L-E. <laughs> Which that's is it. so funny because when, when I read it, I was like, it's G-O-L-E. And then... Because, I mean, I have, like, one of the most impossible names to spell. You know, I've got a uh, Delamont, man. It's, like, French, you know? So it's, like, I'm from New Orleans. Right. Yeah, it, it's it's butchered, like, constantly. Right. And, like, oh, when, I, sure. when I looked at this name, I was just, like, I, I was, like, okay, I want to just hear how some people say it. So I went on YouTube and watched some interviews. And, oh. I, and I heard people calling you Johnny Gioli. And <laughs> I was, like, Gioli, yeah. I was, like, oh, I want to call him Johnny Cannoli. Yeah, it- <laughs> Yeah, Johnny Cannoli, Johnny Pastafazul. I mean, I got it all, man. But you know what? It's funny because my, my Italian family, so we, we obviously originated in Sicily. And, um, you know, half my family says Gioli. Some, my mother says Gioeli. And my father, when he was alive, said G-O-L-E. And I just kind of went with the G-O-L-E because just easy to explain. Say those four freaking easy letters, G-O-L-E, and you got it. <laughs> So, but it really is a pain in the ass, and I've I've considered changing it to Smith. I just want to be like a normal, you know, last name guy. You know, brutal. Well, so does so does so does Joey say it the same way? No, no, that's with, and he's my brother. No, he says Joelli, which is funny because you you know you know you know you know uh, Vinny Apice, right? Or Vinny Apice, I should say. It's like he's Vinny Apice, and then you have Carmine Apice. Like, mm-hmm. they don't say exactly. it the same way. <laughs> no, it's like they grew up in separate homes. I don't know what happened there. Yeah. Same like, thing in my family. It's just weird. But, I mean, if you see the spelling G-I-O, that's G-O, right? I mean, it should be G-O-L-E. Uh, anyway, whatever. I love it. Oh, I love it, man. It's funny. Crazy. Well, I have to say, man, Crazy. I am so pumped to get to talk to you, if anything, because... Um, I've talked to Axel like three times and I'm running out of shit to talk to him about, you know, I feel like I could talk to him about his like race car suits that he wears or whatever. Like I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of tapped out with, with Axel, but me and Axel have an, have have a good pass together with talking. And, um, um, I, I really became a fan. Oh gosh. It was right around the time. Oh Jesus Christ! Now I'm really dating myself because I'm trying to figure out what album it was. Uh, well, bro, it's twenty twenty one years that I'm singing with Axel. Twenty one years. Well, that's Brutal. what I was gonna. Well, that's what I was gonna ask you because Crazy. yeah. Oh, you know what it was? It was the Crest. It was the Crest. Was the album that? Um, yes, that, which which we renamed the Crust. The the Crust. Because, which, yeah, we because we eat a lot of pizza on the road. So <laughs> we, we renamed it the Crust. I would have loved to have seen the tour shirts for that one. <laughs> yeah, right? Just a big slice of pizza in the crust with a skull in the middle. But These it, pepperonis just really a skull head. Because <laughs> it was really funny because right around the time, because that was right around the time I was launching my blog. I launched it in like 2009 and around 2010, I was, uh, which I, I'm still good friends with and work with uh, 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 Axel's PR guy, John Freeman. And right, sure. And he knows he quickly learned right away like what my, what my deal was, you know, and like what I was into, and um, that it was right. 
classic metal and stuff. And he said, I've got this guy. You've got to listen to him. He goes, have you ever heard of Axel Rudy Pell? I was like, I have no idea who the fuck that is. And so he he sent me a copy of The Crest. And I listened to it. And the first thing I thought was, I was like, that sounds like Johnny Gioelli from Hardline. That can't be the same dude. And of course, it was the (laughs) same dude, you know? And so, um, you know, I've been a fan ever since. And one of the, and, and, one of the things I, I I love about the um, the ARP um, material is that Axel has a formula, and he never seems to stray from that formula. But as a fan who's like you, kind of like what you said earlier, who's outspoken, like he has never put out an album that I didn't like. But there's degrees of greatness in there in that form if that makes sense you know like sometimes i feel like one might be better than the other knight's call has been probably my favorite one since the crest to be honest and really yeah interesting because i hate i i absolutely freaking hate them all i don't even know why the hell i'm in that band (laughs) i'm kidding i'm totally kidding Um, oh by the way i'm gonna forward this to axel when we get done so yeah of course you will (laughs) so I mean, look, we're, look, my, my time with you, I want to spend it wisely and I want to bash the hell out of everyone we possibly can on one podcast. No, I'm kidding. I'm just joking. No, no, with, with Axel, and I laugh with Axel, I go, Axel, maybe the next record, you can learn six more chords and then we can, we can expand on this. And it's a joke, of course. It's a joke. But here's the thing with Axel, and I used to question it, you know? Mm hmm. You know, 10 years ago, I questioned, I'd say, why doesn't he go outside the box a little bit and just expand a little more, a few, you know, different, some different directions and blah, blah, blah. And then I realized now, stupid me, 21 years later, we sell out shows all over the freaking place. The audience is such an underground cult kind of Grateful Dead-ish thing. Right. And it works. So why in God's creation would you try to fix something that's that's not broken? And that's Axel. is like, why? This is what the music we make. This is what the people love. This is what I love to write. And that's what we do. And I went, you know what, Axel? You're right, bro. Let's keep doing it. And year after year, I go, God, the people are going to get tired of, you know, the the dr- wizards and the dragons and the dark moons and the horizon and the freaking flames and the they don't <laughs> they don't and thank God they don't I mean I'm 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 grateful they don't because it's fun to play it's old school stuff for me I mean I was raised on that shit I was raised on the Sabbath and the, you know and uh, you know Rainbow and Dio and all you know all those great freaking metal old school albums right. So, to me, to me, this is just, I mean, it's the ultimate in in fun getting up there. And if anyone who knows me and knows my personality, I'm a real upbeat, positive, happy, give you a big hug kind of guy. And then when I get on stage, I'm like, you know, I'm like, you know, basically singing these metal tunes and spitting fire. You know what I mean? It's kind of it's <laughs> yeah. just a weird kind of thing. But I love it. I love it, and it works. So I always tell Axel, Axel, don't change anything. Just keep doing what you're doing. He goes, oh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, fun stuff. He's a great guy. I mean, because it's interesting because, you know, like with that whole concept, like you said, like with the whole like don't change a formula or whatever, you know, it's – 
to certain degrees, it's worked for bands. To certain degrees, it doesn't work for bands. But like you look at bands like right. ACDC, you look at bands like the Ramones, you look at, you know, bands, you know, you know, like, like I kind of look at those two in particular. And I think to myself, like, those are pretty much two bands that made the same album, you know, 23 times. But right there was something about it that kept bringing you back as a fan because you know it's kind of like the reason why you go to the same restaurant whenever you know you get you're going to get the greatest burger you know like i go to one place in atlanta to eat burgers because i always know i'm gonna get the best burger so it's like you know i think if i listened to an axel rudy pell album one day and all of a sudden i heard that it was a conceptual album and that it was full of like you know, you know these crazy synth songs and what you know. You know what I mean? I think I would be like, "Wow!" Yeah. You know, I mean, because certain bands, you know like what? you know, you take like Maiden, for instance, who who who's pulled that off because they've always been from album to album a somewhat of a different band, you know. But and they have that yeah. solid yeah. following. But with someone like Axel, like when I go, like when I first listened to the Crest and fell in love with that record, like every record that kind of came after that i just loved it like and there's also something to be said about the whole lyrical content of the songs because you know i feel like you know so much of the world these days is so serious and it's so depressing and it's so especially now with everything that's going on in politics and this and the other that you know Axel Rudy Pell always kind of reminds me of when I was a kid of how I would like go to Dio or I would go to Maiden or I would go to Twisted Sister to just get away from all the gnarly bullshit that was happening outside and have something to kind of take me away. You know, that's it. 100%. You know, when you made a great point, you go to a a restaurant you love because they have that consistency. You know, it's going to taste the same every time you love that taste. It really is and should be the same way with, with, with music. And of course, there's always an album that shines. Like for me, I mean, dear God, if someone compares another hardline record to double eclipse i really i swear to god i'll choke them <laughs> but that's just it's just the way it's just the way it is you make that one album that really just sticks in the side like a freaking rose thorn in someone's side and it just stays with them and they can't help just the whole human response you just can't help but compare to that that particular time period or that particular album so i get that but with axel yeah, he just says, this is what, what I love to write. This is what I know the people love. And we go from, you know, we just keep continuing what we're doing. I'm a little bit different, bro, got to be honest with you, because I feel as an artist, I'm I'm more, okay, we made that killer album, that Double Eclipse. It was, it's a classic AOR rock album. Um, it's, I love it. It was my lifeblood, my life work. It was awesome. Oh, it was but one of the first things I heard from you. Yeah, ever. Yeah, I mean, it was the first yeah. thing I ever heard of you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, bro. I mean, I worked, I worked my, since I was 11 years old, literally, professionally, writing and cultivating for that record. You know, when you have that big record, it's great. But also, as an artist, we're kind of like these weird freaking abstract painters, you know, and we got, we get this blank canvas and mm-hmm. we just want to paint on it. You know, and sometimes the painting looks like shit. You go like, oh my God, my two-year-old could have done that. <laughs> but, 
and then sometimes it's a it's a masterpiece, right? So, as an artist, you got to kind of not kind of you have to write or paint that picture for yourself in hopes that the public likes it. If they do, cool. If they don't, all right, screw you. They don't. But a real artist just you know writes that song for themselves first in hopes that it translates and everyone else gets it you know what i mean axel does it a little bit differently but you know it's worked and his car is really nice <laughs> yeah, I throw that in there. So, yeah, I always, I always, anyway. always love going on his Facebook page and looking at pictures of his cars with his like racing gear mm-hmm. on. <laughs> mm-hmm. But funny. but you know you did so you did touch of, on on oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 I was just going to say most of my time busting Axel's balls is about his smoking. He's just smoking too too damn much and I'm worried about him. He's got to quit that shit. Oh. So, uh, anyway, Okay. I back, love back that. To- I love that message because, you know, it's one of the things that I was going to actually, and it's funny that you segued into that because this is what I love about doing this podcast is because like, I feel like that the conversations can kind of just drift and go wherever they want. We still have an issue here in Atlanta with smoking venues. Like we actually have club, like, like clubs here in Atlanta where they actually allow you to smoke in the venue and holy crap as an artist myself and as a singer and as a you know a, a musician when i have played a smoking gig i mean i smoked for probably 14 years when i was younger i quit in 2002 and i haven't picked one up mm-hmm. since it, it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, dude. <laughs> like I've actually yeah, had, I actually brutal. had a friend of mine tell me it was easier to get off of cocaine than it was to quit smoking. <laughs> and I was like, that's <laughs> fucking that's great. Funny. I was like, that's fucking insane. But like, wow. but do you know what? But, but like as a singer and as a musician, like I can just, you know, you can just feel the impact that it has on you when you, when you're oh, in a bro. venue, you know? Try you try Europe. I mean, we so here we are in the U.S. We developed this shit called smoking, right? No, oh, yeah. We have be- we have become a more healthier uh, nation, but the freaking the Europeans uh, haven't haven't learned that one yet. They're still smoking like hell. Everywhere I go, I feel like I'm I'm uh, like I'm I'm just dodging smoke, and it's not that. I'm this asshole saying, you know, you shouldn't smoke. I'm not playing doctor. Well, you shouldn't, but I'm not playing that role. It's just that I am absolutely 100% affected by it. I'm allergic to it. One cigarette or a hundred affects me the same. So poor Axel, man. I mean, it's just constant. So we have special buses. Our tour buses are literally custom so that I don't, if he wants to smoke something, he can go smoke whatever he wants to smoke. And it does not reach me, so we call it the Diva Lounge. I have a, spe- it's, I mean, it is just <laughs> forbidden. Yeah, it's forbidden, man. It's like I have like these these smoke detectors. I mean, if if, if there's just an inkling of nicotine floating in the air, there's going to be some ass whooping. Just go but, over there and like uh, flick it out of his mouth. <laughs> I'm telling you. No, you know what's so cool is everyone is so respectful. After 21 years, like we know the brand of the person's fart like okay that folker just farted no it wasn't me yes it was i know your brand 21 years of smelling your shit so we just know each other very uh intimately but axel i'm I'm always on i'm I'm like bro 
like in the morning, his coughing sounds like he's going to spit up his mother's milk. It's that <laughs> oh, bad. I remember that I, feeling yeah. myself as a smoker. Oh, brutal. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, no, my lungs are clear. I go, Axel, I think your esophagus just landed on the floor when you cough. <laughs> You know what I mean? What the hell? What do you mean clear? Are you kidding me? <laughs> My lungs are I, clear. I it's like, no, it's not. That's not clear. That's gray. It's <laughs> gray, yeah. <laughs> like, it's gray. So, he, so I, I asked him this question. I said, Axel, I think I know the answer to this. But does your doctor smoke? He goes, yes, of course. Uh, and of I laughed course. My ass. I was, so wait, the freaking doctor? He smokes? Oh, my God. It's funny. But anyway. I just wish for everyone a healthy life. I'm not one to, you know, slap anybody in the in the wrist, but I don't like smoke. Okay, we can continue, bro. I love it. <laughs> this, is, this, this, is like, this is this is a very, ladies and gentlemen, this is a very chaptered, and uh, you know, I feel like this is like one of those, like a this is a very special blowing wind with the greats on the brain fart. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. <laughs> this will be several several ADD moments we will have during this uh, interview. Hey, you're my uh, boy with this because let me up. tell you, I'm on three I'm on three types of meds for my ADD and, and, and anxiety and all this <laughs> shit. Awesome. And so sure. yeah, I am not embarrassed to talk about mental health when it comes to this and you know, like it, it's so like you, you know, you jump all over the place. I'm right with you, dude. <laughs> you know? Okay, <laughs> like, cool. Right I'm, on. I'm right on. You, man. Yeah, we may we may soon be talking about how to properly condition your leather couch. I mean, <laughs> it's just in a rig. You can go anywhere. That but anyway. that sounds like that might be more of like a, a NC seventeen podcast, but we'll go there later. Yeah, you know, could, so. be. <laughs> could be all right, bro. <laughs> Well, so one of the things that you know, Hardline was one of those bands that w- when when you guys debuted, it was kind of an odd time, like it, and and somewhat of an. Yeah an unfortunate time in a sense because you know 92 I, I was a senior in high school in 92 and when you guys came out like I remember buying that album because I had heard and I don't even remember how I heard it because it wasn't like Atlanta was playing you guys on the radio or anything but somehow I heard Rhythm from a Red Car and I just mm, remember okay. thinking like this is like really cool like it's kind of like kind of like what you said it kind of had that AOR kind of thing where it kind of reminded me of like a harder edge you know Boston journey kind of th- that kind of where it was more rocking than your typical you know oh definitely out, you know music yeah, band I mean, but it still scratched that itch of like me being a heavy metal you know hard rock kid um and I'm sure you could ask this a yeah. lot, you know, but of course I'm going to ask you anyway because I, I can and sure. it's my show. And, yeah, um, of course, and, absolutely. <laughs> but, the, but, <laughs> but people also are curious to know, but, you know, so you got this band that you and your brother basically, you know, worked so hard to get to a certain point. And then all of a sudden, like Neil Sean from Journey's like, I think I want to play with you guys. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, hey man, what's happening? I want to rock and roll, man. Yeah, <laughs> Neil, yeah, absolutely. So we do the voices. So how did that? Like, I mean, I mean, because you you both are young young men at that point. You're what in your early twenties, yeah. you know? I mean, yeah. So are, yep. I mean, so how, how did how did that how did that resonate when when you're like? Okay, like you're Neil Sean from Journey. So was it more like, oh my God, Neil Sean wants to play with us, or was it more like, all right, Neil, you're in our band, but this is how it's going to go? No. Okay. So so I'll, I'll sum this all up for you. Um, 
I'm still in my young 20s, first of all, but it's just now I, I measure it per leg. So each leg is 25 years old. So, uh, yeah, we start separating body parts when we talk about age. Okay, yeah. So we were we were definitely young punks, and um, we were in this group called Brunette, and mm-hmm. we were cultiva- cultivating songs. We were getting better. I, I was, you know, I wrote all the songs, and I was I was getting, I was learning, bro. I was working with some outside writers, just learning the craft, because... It really is a craft, right? So then um, we get involved with Neil, and uh, on a producer level, he was going to produce this record, and then he actually just totally fell in love with the um, with the music. So mm-hmm. we all have our things. As musicians, we're plagued with certain things. Neil was plagued with the beautiful journey music and he was just always stereotyped as a you know faithfully right beautiful shit right (laughs) so he wanted to prove to the world that he could freaking rock he could kick ass and he did just that so neil actually asked my brother and i if he could join uh our band at the time we didn't have a a name we were going to call the group brothers it was just going to be like this really hard rock version of those two little uh, blonde guys, Nelson. Oh, right. It was going to be a real hard rock version. And You mean like an actually rocking doing... version of that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, like a, yes. I, I was trying to be nice. But, uh, and then, and we said no. I literally said no. It's not what we have. That's not the vision of this thing. And he was so freaking upset. And at the time, he was either dating or married to my sister. I don't remember. They were together for a lot of years. And um, he went back to my sister and said, "I can't believe that you know Johnny doesn't want me in the band." And I didn't. It was not that I didn't want him in the band. It's freaking Neil Sean. He's amazing, an amazing talent. It was just wasn't really the vision. But then the more we wrote together. And the more we spent time together, it was really, it was a brotherhood. It was, it was wonderful times, man. And then we said, you know, this can't really hurt anything. And I'm learning so much. I mean, Neil's, people don't really, this is probably one of the most underrated. Um, I'm only going to talk a little bit about him, and then I'm going to talk a whole lot about me. Because this is about me. <laughs> this is about you, no, by kidding. the way. Seriously. <laughs> about me, man. No, 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 I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. So, you know, Neil... Um, Neil is probably one of the most underrated musicians and guitar players, I think, in the world. His chord knowledge, because you're a musician, his chord knowledge is so vast and so deep mm. that he doesn't even know the names of a chord. Like, if you ask him, like, <laughs> what is that? He'll, he'll look at it and he'll say, like, um, I, I'll never forget doing it. Like, Neil, what is that? He was like, I don't know, man. It's like an A sharp, freaking minor, something, augmented fifth, <laughs> diminished, something. I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> Literally, like that. He doesn't. I mean, he can figure it out. I mean, he's he's, he's bright, you know, with that shit. But um, he is so amazing with layering and understanding how sounds work together and how to bring a song, how to lift it, how to do this. Anyway, we knew that this would be a great thing for our career um, as you know, developing uh, as songwriters and and you mm-hmm. know just you know in general just being you know playing rock star the whole thing you know so it was a great move and then to answer your other question 
Yeah, the timing, how can I put it? It The timing sucked. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget, bro, in the studio, a very, very big name in the music industry, John Kalodner. Oh, I remember. Signed. He was like, I mean, John Kalodner was like the rock star of A&R. Uh, like, yeah. I mean, even people like me yeah. who, we knew who John Kalodner was. And, you know, sure. he was iconic. Yeah. Iconic, yeah. He was like rock god, right? He came into the studio and goes, here, play this album. as a band called Pearl Jam. And we put it on, and and Eddie starts singing, what the fuck is, what is this crap? And we laughed. We said, John, this shit is, this is, this isn't going to do shit. And he goes, yeah, you're wrong, Johnny. You're wrong. Not only is this shit going to be huge, no one, you're not going to see another MTV video. It's over, bro. He says, your album is beautiful, but it's such a shame because the timing's off. And I'm like, what are you talking about, man? We didn't know what was about to happen. Mm-hmm. And then, boom, the grunge bomb <laughs> hit the earth. And uh, not to say that it's bad music, because I actually like some of that stuff some and um it changed really changed the course of music and now we live in a in a u.s market of confusion no one really knows what the hell's going on musically here we just there's nothing that's like you know you had your 60s you had your 70s you had your 80s 90s was just like a freaking mess of like what is it what's going on we had our grunge stuff and then people were just kind of battling through you know uh, uh, so yeah, man, it's tough. You you work all your life. You make this classic record that you know even three years earlier would have um, made I think John Bon Jovi look like a local band, and <laughs> and then you know and then it, it wasn't hard to do therapy. to be honest, dude. <laughs> I mean, I'm just telling the truth, man. Hey, I've always said Aww. that, dude. Let me tell you. Let me tell you my Bon Jovi story. I saw Bon Jovi in 1980. Nine eighty eight. Mm-hmm. Whenever the New Jersey tour in, um, uh, I think it was in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. When I, li- I was living in New Orleans, and uh, Skid Row okay. opened the show. And oh yeah, me and my buddies had bought Bon Jovi shirts. And after Skid Row's set, two songs into Bon Jovi set, we went back to the merch booth and conv- and talked the guy into letting us swap out our Bon Jovi shirts for Skid Row shirts. <laughs> oh, that. <laughs> Funny as hell. <laughs> Which oh is so funny God. because as much beef as I've had with Sebastian Bach these days, and you know all about that, is like I am still a big yeah. proponent of saying like they were one of the greats, you know what I mean, back in the day. And when oh, he was yeah, in his prime, ass. he kicked ass, man, you know, yeah. but absolutely, man. But, brutally. But you know, but awesome. what is, but to kind of go back just a, just for a second on the whole hardline thing, one of my things with the hardline, um, uh, especially with the Double Eclipse album, is that I've always wondered with having uh, Neil in the band and then all of the yeah. sudden not having Neil in the band. Now, I know that when things like this happen, a band goes under a lot... You know, there's a lot of scrutiny on a band where it's like, oh, you guys got big or got popular because you had Neil Sean and now you don't have him. Um, did you have to deal with that a lot? And if you did you obviously overcame it because hardline is still your baby and you you've put out an album as recent as last year which i have to say i was so bummed that i missed it because i didn't even know it was out and it's fantastic 
You know, no, it was two years Dude, ago. Human nature. Human nature. Is two, two, yeah. Was it 2016? What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that album charted. So, you know what? That's, this has got to be probably one of the best questions I've been asked in a very, very long time. As a matter of fact, you're the owner of a brand new question because I've never been asked this before. Oh, honestly. I love it. And yeah, dude, you should so patent it, whatever trademark it, whatever. That's, that's, I've never been asked this question before ever in in I don't know how long have I been playing? Thirty nine freaking years. Wow. Well, so, I'm honored. <laughs> here's here's the so the the short answer is um, the dogs are gonna bark. My wife's looking at me going, the dogs are going to bark. Sorry, man, this is really live. So dogs could bark, my kid could scream on his Xbox, something could happen. Hey, it's okay. Um, you know what? My dog could bark okay, at cool. any moment, so we're all good. Okay, perfect. <laughs> See, it comes to, this freaking Amazon Prime has changed the world. I mean, it's like, I think the postman, I should put a little, like a little cot so him, for him to sleep, because it's like every day at my house, there's a guy making a delivery here. Okay, so back to your question. So the, the short answer is... Oddly, no, um, and and I and I'm not. I I have about as much ego as a peanut shell, bro. I'm very modest. I'm very shy, believe it or not, and I'm very grateful for for my career. But I will tell you, I think that maybe the voice on Double Eclipse and the work that that I did there might have been um, a good portion of the re- of the reason why why that didn't happen mm-hmm. no when we when we when we came out with the next hardline thing hardline two and then right. we have human nature we have danger zone although people try to compare it like we were talking about compared to double eclipse no one has ever said like, oh wow your career really took a freaking dive once neil left no it didn't as a matter of fact it's i i'm I, it's it's honestly no disrespect anyway it's bigger it's better. I'm busier than a one-legged kickboxer, bro. Could you picture that? Can you envision that? I mean, try to get that one leg up and to the... That's how busy I am. Right. And no disrespect for people with, with one leg. I'm just... That's, it's just a vision thing. <laughs> no, yeah, I figured that out. Yeah. But, yeah. So, no, bro. What an excellent question. No, it has not uh, had any kind of ill effect on my uh, my career a- at all. I'm busier than ever, making more records, touring, selling out, more opportunities. I'm just... I'm loving every single day. Uh, it's probably since that time period today is probably the happiest i've been in music in my entire career and i will tell you something so when we got that record deal those songs were pretty freaking cool i mean they were on the radio we were top 10 and billboard we did really well with that record yes and yes. then when you when you don't have that anymore like all of a sudden the bottom falls out and you had this eight and a half million dollar record deal and then it's gone you need you need therapy bro that, that shit hurts. You're like, whoa. And and for me, it wasn't about the money. Like, oh, my God, I'm not going to have all the money, blah, blah, blah. It was about, uh, for me, oh, my God, am I going to be able to share music with people who love to listen to it, to love to be a fan? Because you have people out there, now, you're a musician, and you love music. Then there's people out there who can't play a freaking note, but they love music. They need it in their lives. They want it. They want to feel it. They want to live it. And I was so afraid that I wasn't going to be able to make music for people. That was my only fear. Mm-hmm. And I overcame that with about 647 therapy sessions. 
I overcame that. And uh, mine was only four hundred and seventy-five. So you know, oh, we're, not bad. we're That's yeah. Not bad. I know. <laughs> I try, man. You know, you know, now that we're now that we're friends, we're we're competing now. So you know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So yeah, that's how that whole thing kind of played out. But that was that's a great question. And no, I didn't even and I didn't even think about it to be honest with you. It's just for me, it was like I'm a songwriter. I'm a I'm a I, I consider myself an entertainer. I'm a musician. I just want to do what I can. And until the people tell me, and you know, we've had a little bit of an off record talk about this. Until people tell me you suck, you're done stop singing, you're old, you look like shit, or whatever, I'm going to keep making it. I'm going to let the people decide, not not me, because I don't need to keep doing this. I want to keep doing this. Big difference, man. Oh, there's a huge difference in that. And to kind of yeah. sidebar with the whole hardline ARP thing is that Obviously, um, with Axel, Ax- that's Axel's baby. You have been with him for so yeah. long, and you're really the, you're the front man. You're you're the projectile of that of of his material. So, is Hardline for you more of like that creative outlet that you don't get? working with Axel like whereas like you say like okay so I'm going to do the Axel stuff but then I've got my thing you know like this is my creative yeah, definitely. outlet yeah definitely and, and Axel understands that too yeah I mean I've other than correcting some English for, for Axel because it's obviously not his native language <laughs> yeah. I don't participate I don't participate nor does he want me to I could but he doesn't want me to that's his thing and I respect that that's his that's his baby and I just integrate into it and try to fulfill his vision of what he sees that song, um, you know, to outcome to be. So with Hardline, yes, with Hardline, of course, you know, we'll talk about my solo album that's coming out. That is full on my time for me to be creative, to, to you know, to be, um, you know, uh, influenced by what I see is happening in the world, just to. To, to grab a feeling and turn it into music, you know what I mean. That's my creative time and outlet. You know, right. hardline and my and my solo stuff. Um, and that was actually so the yeah, next sure. question: was was uh, you do have a solo album in the works, or if is it already? Or have you completed it? Is it? So tell yeah. me, tell so, tell me about it and like what I can expect or what we can expect and and the the, journey, the overall journey of it. What was that? Well. It's going to completely suck. And the reason is I'm trying to give you material for you to write to bash me. So I'm trying to make it as horrible. Wait, did you say Sebastian? Oh, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> so, so I'll tell you a little bit about the solo album, which is, again, probably the happiest moments of my musical life um, besides Double Eclipse. Um, not to not to you know put down any of the other projects. I love music. I love everything that I do. I only do it if I love it. You know what I mean? But right. This is special. Um, the album's called One Voice, and it was inspired by a young man who here in my hometown in Connecticut who was in an ac- an accident, an awful accident. Um, he I read dove about into this. the Long Island. Yeah, so he dove into the Long Island Sound. He hit his head, and this top athlete here in the city, football player, you know, just 
strong young dude is now confined to a wheelchair and paralyzed. And I went, shit, what the hell can I do to make a difference? Of course, the community kicked in financially, emotionally. But I said, I want to do more. What is more? And I've always been a a team guy. I've been a band guy for for 39 years. I went, you know what? I'm going to create a, a solo album I'm going to involve fans from around the world to sort of campaign um, for spinal cord injury and at the same time help this young man financially. Because what a lot of people don't realize is if, if you become paralyzed, God forbid, it's about $8 million of, of uh, rehabilitation cost just to get through life. Oh, and you're actually even talking with insurance as as well, too, because a lot of those rehabilitation costs are not covered under insurance policies. Exactly, bro. And not to to get on a big rant about that, but let me just put it this way. It's fucking expensive. Oh, yeah. And so we have to help. So, um, and everything that's going on politically and the, the, the crazy racism we have in this country and world and just all these things just kind of blew up in my brain i said i got i want to do something i want to make a feel-good record so the album is called one voice um it will be released uh in december this Mm -hmm. december 2018 on frontiers but what i fantastic a little bit of a Side, I did a sidebar little uh, campaign pledge music mm-hmm. so people can still um, you know participate in donating to help Joe and it was amazing bro it was mind-blowing I have tens of thousands of fans who donated to a kid they do not know for the love of music and I guess for for me too I mean I don't because I, I, I'm, I'm part of it but mostly for this for this kid they don't know and it's just a speck of hope and a speck of of whatever you want to call it that humanity is great man these are people from japan from bulgaria from east freaking bangladesh from iraq from afghanistan i've got fans all around the world who donated money to a kid they don't know for the love of music so it hit me one morning you know, musicians get their ideas in very weird places i get a lot of song ideas sitting on the toilet it's just what happened sorry hey you know it's, what it's like I'm with you, man. Right. The toilet. Yeah. The shower. Yeah. Red lights. Yeah. Um, yep. Convenience store it. line. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Right. It, it's right. Oh, I got a convenience store moment. line for you. Yeah. It's the weirdest moments things happen. So sometimes I get a lot of ideas sleeping. I know this is weird. I don't really, I guess I sleep, but I, I think and you know, all that craziness. I do that and too. More, one yeah. of the, so uh, a couple years ago, because I've been working on this record for a while, I woke up, I said, oh my God, I got it. So the album's called One Voice because all of these people, tens and tens of thousands of people, came together as one voice to, through my voice to help this kid. And it's since then has just ballooned into so much more, bro. I mean, we're, we have interest from uh, some of the largest morning television, Good Morning America, Today Show, on how this thing has progressed. So anyway, the album's called One Voice. It comes out in December, and it is probably what I feel is the um, most feel-good record in the 21st century. Um, it's a mixture. It sounds like 
Brian Adams meets Tom Petty meets Foo Fighters. And I wrote every bit of it with a really talented guitar player. Um, uh, his name is Eric Adrix, and he was in a band back in the 90s called Raquel. Yes. Heard of that band. Yes. You, yeah. you and I so, talked about him. Yeah. Yeah, he's so awesome. What happened was Eric sent me a piece of music just to like Facebook and said, hey, um, my name is Eric, you know, I was in a band, Raquel, and Nirvana made fun of me, and we sued the shit out of them. And I thought, oh my god, I totally remember when this happened. Like they used, yes. a, like they used a picture of them or something in a video, yes, yes. and like yes. fucking just like, yeah. Oh, that that was yes. one. That's one of my favorite stories of the nineties, man. <laughs> yeah, bro, it's true. It's true. And so, so that sparked my interest. I was like, wait a minute. So then I did a little research. Then I listened to a little piece of music. And I said, bro, do you have any more? Um, and he sent me, you know, thinking, you know, some people like send you stuff like, Hey, I'm a songwriter. Listen to what I wrote. It's like, that's really cool. What else do you have? Well, that's all I really have. I'm, I'm like, okay. So he sent me like five more pieces and he sent another five. Then he sent another five. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, stop dude. And I went into my studio and it just all clicked. You know, it was very much like a, a Tyler Perry connection. It just kind of like, whoa, we write together man this is this is it's the team anyway so eric and i wrote this entire album and um it's just the happiest moments of my life bro all good positive i mean just all kinds of crazy shit you mentioned that convenience line i got stuck at a dunkin donuts trying to buy holiday gift cards for, for friends and family that the kid kept making transactions on my credit card and then oh I made a mistake sir and just had to decline then run it again I was over an hour trying to get out of Dunkin Donuts and I wrote a song about it. it's called yeah it's called out of here and I mean it, you, there's just all kinds of just stuff anything that's in my mind song called mind melt which just means I want you to just come into my mind let me just tell you what I'm thinking just come along for the ride welcome to my mind melt there's just kind of like a like a like a like a patty melt like a like a beef melt you know cheese melt whatever tuna melt waffle house baby my mind melt <laughs> yeah baby oh my god waffle I've never had such stomach aches in my life uh, going to the Waffle House. And I heard, not the sidebar, but I heard one time the funniest shit ever. I was watching some, I was flipping through the channels, I was watching some bull riding. I don't know why the hell I was, but I was watching bull riding. And one guy goes, that boy is tougher than a Waffle House steak. And I thought that was the funniest shit I ever heard in my life. Tougher than a Waffle House steak. He's not kidding. That's but hilarious. Anyway, so I've had I've had touring bands say, you, you're going to get one of two things at Waffle House, a great meal or diarrhea. That's going to be like yeah, one of the no, no doubt. <laughs> but this yeah, is it great. Should, they should have a dis- they should have a disclaimer that it could uh, could cause some colon cleansing. Or they could sell it that way. They could market it as colon cleansing. But anyway, <laughs> they ought yeah. to work with like my gastrointestinal doctor. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. But so I love the concept of this album because again, like it sounds like what it is is that you've you've kind of had this venture of uh, creativity and you know yeah. using using art to well, not really using because I hate to say because it sounds like using, but utilizing your talent to yeah. to oh, to do something bigger than yourself. You know, is, is something that 
not a lot of artists do and but when they do it's always to me really inspiring you know what i mean so like i really commend you on doing this because i think that's a really cool thing thanks man yeah i mean i'm i'm loving the whole uh process you know for me I was thinking about this. I was I was talking to my wife this morning about this. We've we've sort of just we've lost um, how to disconnect, and so for this album, this new solo album, I I disconnected, man. Like like what I mean by that is I sort of wanted to. If you ever vacuumed and you accidentally sucked sucked the, the bathroom mat up into your vacuum cleaner and you and it thing started to smoke and it it, it you know, it shut the switch off and you had to hit the reset button. This morning. I wanted to, okay, there you go. I, <laughs> I kid you not. I, I sucked up the bathroom mat this morning and the shit locked up my vacuum cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Right. So pushing that reset button, I'm just hopeful that people get the message within this record to just push the life reset button and stop just for a minute. Stop checking email and your texts at the red light. Because we didn't do that back back in the day, man. We rolled the windows, rolled the windows down. God, I just dated myself. Okay, we put the windows down. So did I. Because you we, know what? I the hand crank with the you know you cranked the window down. Right. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's it. Yeah, most of the people listening to this podcast have no idea what the frick a hand crank window is. But anyway, <laughs> we, they we, probably we, don't. We actually, roll them down. <laughs> But do you remember that feeling, man, of not having to? We we didn't have these this technology. We just cranked the music. We put the windows down, and we were happy, man. We just we just let the wind blow through our hair um, to the point we couldn't see, and we hit a tree. No I'm kidding. But we we just we cranked the tunes, and we'd feel good, man. We'd feel good, right? And so I just tried to take take myself back to that uh time period there's a couple lyrics in you know in in the album where where i recall i remember friday nights as a kid man when you came home from school on a friday night and you knew you had the weekend you got all the neighbor kids together to play kickball or play you know around a baseball or something that feeling of shit man it's friday night is we need to try to bring some of that that back you know what i mean and so and again, not to go on and on about it, but we need to kind of push the reset life button and 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 take ourselves through music to a more simple, happy, positive place. And I'm I'm hoping that um, everyone gets this record because that's exactly what it is. It's just a good feel. Every song, man, you just want to crank it and feel good playing it. You know what I mean? Oh, okay, abs- I'm, I'm finished with that rant. No, man, absolutely. See, it, it, the, one of the things I always appreciate when I'm talking to an artist is when they're so excited about something that's about to come out or they're so excited about their their project, the, the passion really comes through. And that's the kind of energy that makes you want to that really makes me want to listen to it because when, when an artist stands so strongly and so firmly behind what they do, you know, like, like when, uh, you know, like, like when you hear a band say something about like a past record, when they go, Oh, that wasn't our best record. Like, 
you're not really selling me on it, dude, to go back and listen to it. You know what I mean? But like, if it's something <laughs> you're, that's funny. but you know, but if it's something strong and it's something you stand behind, like even if I even if I don't like it, like the res- uh, th- like the level of passion and, and excitement that somebody has behind the material at least put, wants you to go there. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, I, man, I. I, I and I get that I from you. I 100% agree. Yeah. Thank you, bro. Well, I will make you this promise. If you don't absolutely love this album, I will come and vacuum your entire house for you. <laughs> Just okay? don't suck up That's my fucking deal. bathroom mats, dude. <laughs> I won't, though. Man. No, I won't. I won't. I, well, I may, but... No, it's... A, it's a, I, I'm, in, I'm, I'm absolutely in love with this with this record and i don't care if i sell one or i sell 50 million of them i just feel so my dogs are going to bark because the trash man's here this is real life people i love this real this life is, this is the, the this trash is, man comes to my house the I luxury life of a wipe. rock star <laughs> yes i wipe i wipe my ass like you do it's the same thing you know we're we're, we're we're humans here but um you know this this album um, the first song is called Drive, mm-hmm. and um, and it's going to be released uh, for the for the public before the album comes out uh, this month, August. So, oh, fantastic! Um, and and, it, and yeah, and it's just a simple message, man. L- let's just. I need my drive. I need to get in the car. I need to turn the music up. I need to drive. I need the wind to blow through my hair like it's 1980. There, I mean, that's some of the lyrics. Come on and drive. Let's drive, man. I need my drive. And it's just those kind of messages just feel good stuff. So anyway, um, yeah, I'll send it to you, bro. Don't oh, I worry. can't wait to hear it, you know. But, okay. you know, the funny thing is is, to, uh, is that, you know, we're talking, you know, and we said this earlier, too, about lyrics and things like this, is that I feel like sometimes... <laughs> the world does get so serious and sometimes and as much as I love you know Maiden uh, who's my favorite band you know and even as much as I love other sure. other artists you know I mean I'm a huge deadhead you know like I love right. I just love music but sometimes it's so serious that when I'm having kind of a bad time like I I I, I don't want to listen to something that's super deep or that's super you know like literary or something it's like I, I and I don't mean this in any disrespect but it's like it's like I just want to listen to some good old dumb rock and roll you know kind of like what we yeah, grew man. up with ACDC like not that it's not smart yeah. or that it's actually dumb so I, yeah, I probably shouldn't use that word but you understand what I'm saying it's like yeah it's simple, like sometimes I, I don't want to think yeah I just want to listen that's to it, it and I want to feel yeah. good that's all. You nailed it, man. That's what this record is. You nailed it. Yeah, you just want it to take you away to that happy freaking place, man. Exactly. And not have to think so and analyze and like, well, what did, did he mean that he was going to remove his left testicle? And then, I mean, I don't want to think. Is this metaphoric? Wanna, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want to use words <laughs> exactly. like that, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't want, I really don't want to have to query theory to define, uh, you know, a word. I, I just, I want it simple form make me feel good man let me you know make me feel like i want to freaking run 100 miles an hour and and scream in happiness you know what i mean that's the way it should should be and it used to be like that you know and not to say that it's not happening today but 
yeah, man, we need a life reset button. Just press that reset button and, and start the engine again. But this time, you know, let's let's just go in a, a little bit different different direction. I was I was also talking this morning. I was like, you know, I, w- I was at the gym really really early this morning, and uh, because I'm old and I have to try to stay in shape, I um, preach. I was brother. thinking about what <laughs> I was listening. I, I was listening to the title track, One Voice, and I listened to it just literally on repeat over and over for almost an hour as I was running. And, um, and I got to thinking, you know, shit, you know, we get, we have a driver's license, you know, I'm a pilot. I have a, a, a airplane pilot's license. God help you us. Know, I, but, but we need, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. But we need, we need a license now to, to learn, not 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 a license to live. We need a license to learn. Like doesn't matter what age you are, we're still learning shit. And we need to kind of, you know, learn the right stuff on on how to exist in the world, how to be, you know, how you know, how humanity has to get along with each other and how we have to respect and just stop with this self entitlement bullshit. It's not about you anymore, it's about us. You know what I mean? It just you know, just do something freaking nice. I was thinking about this too. This is kind of a little, not creepy, but just a little off, off. I was thinking, you know, as a man, as a male, we statistically think about sex like, I don't know, it's like 120 times a day we think about it. Uh, and it might be more than, but more be like 300 times a day we think about that, right? Oh, I, I mean, if I've we, thought about it that much just since I woke up and it's just 12, so. Well, you there know. you go, you see? <laughs> I mean, That's my, so now, so now, uh, I, if we could just like think about doing something nice for someone, saying something nice, doing something nice just once a day for all the people in this world, what kind, man, if that doesn't bring on some kind of change, I don't know what would, but we just don't think about others that much anymore. So when you have a campaign like I have and all these people, I mean, imagine having fans in Afghanistan where there's war and Iraq in Iran. I have fans, the most beautiful people that are just like you and me, um, who love music, who live by it. What would we do without music, right? These people are the same way, you know, and um, to have them all unite as one in music, it's pretty powerful shit, man. As you can tell, I'm pretty jumped up about this album. I I really want it to have, uh, you know, I'm not one of these Bono guys. I'm not going to, you too, I'm not going to go out and start the political campaign. I'm not that kind of guy. Thank you. I just want everyone to, (laughs) I just want to, yeah, I just want everyone to be grateful that when they wake up, guess what, man? You fucking, you woke up. Just be happy right there that you woke up. Everything else is just like problem solution. And just be simple about it. Okay, I got a problem. There's a solution. There is one. There isn't ever not a solution. You know what I mean? Just be grateful. And when you're grateful when you wake up, that's 99% of how your life can be great. So anyway, 
music is my life, man, and I don't know what I'd do without it. So I always appreciate everyone who loves music as much as I do and is as passionate as I am. Okay, got another question? <laughs> <laughs> See, I love this. The ADD kicking in, baby. You know? Yeah, man. Let, let me tell you, man, my well butrin man kicked in this morning. I got like 30 things done, so I'm like flying. <laughs> you know? Awesome? So, but, um, but actually, the, uh, I, I and I did kind of have a question. Well, first off, I, so the, before we move on to a couple other topics that I wanted to talk about what is the how can the people listening to this find out more about the album is there a URL for the um, for the GoFundMe or whatever that or, or no it's a pledge music yeah. I'm sorry what's the URL that sure. people can go to so they can go to pledgemusic.com slash Johnny G-U-L-E that's, it's that simple so www.pledgemusic.com slash which is that forward slash mm-hmm. thingy Johnny and then my name Johnny G-O-L-E and then you can there's not a lot of I will be honest with you besides the album and uh, besides this other special little bonus CD just for pledgers there are a few what we call exclusive I've given away all of my 39 years in the business memorabilia so mm-hmm. when you come in and donate I give you something it could be signed lyrics that I wrote. It could be uh, T-shirts. I've given away passes, some special shows, all kinds of stuff. I've given it all away for this cause, and we're we hit two hundred and twenty percent of the goal. That's how much people love music and love to help each other. So, don't believe all the bullshit you read on on how people hate each other. People love each other. We just need more of it. You know that is amazing. So we, yeah. Again. Yeah, it's it's incredible. So you can there's still stuff on there, but not much, bro. Because this campaign's been running for a while, mm-hmm. and so all those so so proceeds from from uh, pledge music will go directly to uh, this young man's name is Joe Barber, just the greatest kid. And you know, there's there's obviously illness and challenges and uh, around the world. There's so many things, ch- charitable things we can donate to. But this happened in my hometown bro when it happens in your hometown you're that close to it, it it's shocking you it's community I mean? so it's what brings we, community yeah. together you know it, when things happen in, yeah, in, in your exactly. community exactly but i mean yeah well so that's awesome I over, yeah i was overwhelmed yeah i was overwhelmed with the, what how quickly people just you know got into it I, i'll tell you another quick little story so you know we think of you know, some of the things that we see on TV, we think of areas in the world as like bad areas. And I'll take, um, I will take Afghanistan for, for as an example. Um, I get some amazing uh, fan mail through email. And um, we were, my family, we were discussing, you know, like kids when they're young, like when my son was very young, he goes, dad, why don't we just drop a big, big ass bomb on them and turn them into, turn that sand <laughs> desert into glass. And I'm like, son. This yeah, isn't Wiley Coyote know. with the uh, with the giant yeah. anvil here. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Which, by but, the way, I just no ate, I, I just dated myself by saying that. Yeah, you did. People are like, what the hell? They're they're, re- they're googling right now. Like, what's see, what, what is an anvil? Wiley Coyote. What is an anvil? <laughs> what is an anvil? <laughs> yeah, the, the Acme Company. Yeah, I'm looking up Acme Company right now. So. 
the uh, yeah. So my, I said to my son, and he's you know he's he was a little guy. I said, let me let me read something to you. And it was his brother and sister uh, from Afghanistan. I said, look, obviously you know there's a lot going on in our in our country, but I want to tell you that your music lifts us every day. We love your songs. We love your Crush Forty gaming music. We love Hardline. We love Axel Rudy Pell. We love everything you do. We love it here, and it's what gets us through. And I said to my son, I said. Do you want to drop a bomb on them? And he was like, holy shit, dad. He didn't say shit because otherwise I would have had to put him in a timeout for three minutes. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> he, he, uh, yeah, so he, um, that was my point. And he was like, wow. So it just goes to confirm that, you know, what you may see is not really reality. Um, and there's great people all around the world and it's proven with this campaign for one voice i mean i'm i'm blown away so the album covers i wanted it all the people but i you know when i bantered back and forth with the record company they're like no we want to have a picture of you on the front i said i don't give a shit about me on the front this isn't about me this is about everyone but they won that battle so it's kind of a shaded picture of me and then it's, the background is all you know the people as many as we could fit on the cover and throughout the booklet because it's tens of thousands of people and you'd need a freaking microscope just to see yourself but at least they're 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 on it you know they're on the album they're part of it and that was my objective with it so uh pledgemusic.com slash johnny gioelli and you can you can read about there's little when you when you contribute even as much as 10 bucks you get you can get a download and then you can see all the pledge updates and hear what I'm doing. And, the, you know, a lot of people learn the recording process. I took them through, like, oh, here I am in the studio. This is a microphone. People want to know about the equipment. This is what we do. I just wrote this song. And it was cool because I'd come back from, like, the Dunkin' Donuts episode. And I'd go, you guys, I was just freaking stuck in a Dunkin' Donuts, wasted an hour of my life. And I wrote the song called Out of Here. Just get me out of here. And here it is. I'd play them a little bit. And it was just a cool way to interact with the people who are with you you know what i mean in your in your career so i love it i'll shut up about that now that is amazing well i'm looking forward to hearing it though but Thanks, i have man. to ask you okay so one of the things yeah. we talked about and um and we can go there or we can not go there i'm going to let you decide but and I have this conversation with other vocalists. I have this other conver- I've had the same conversation with singers on the record and musicians on there. At what I mean, it's it's no secret. I have seen the footage of Kiss lately, and I've seen Paul Stanley on stage struggling. Obviously, um, his voice is just gone. It is so completely gone. And Kiss fans, as we all know, are a dedicated bunch, but they're also very much, you know, we we are an army divided. Do you know what I mean? Like you've got people that, you know, <laughs> yeah, know, you you know we've got people who are going, you know, let them have fun. They're doing their thing. Da 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 da. And then people like me are going, make it stop because I don't want this to be <laughs> the last time I ever hear. Like the last time I saw Kiss was back in I think 2009, and it was such a stellar show, and it was a great performance, and Paul sounded on point, and. I am so glad that that was the last time I saw them live, you know? So with that right. being said, 
you know, at what point do and, and you you being a singer should should these guys just stop? You know what I mean? Wow, yeah. Well, I 100% know what you mean. Uh, a little bit difficult to answer, but I'll give you my, obviously, my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I get that. Well, there are some bands out there that are playing because they have to. Um, financially, they have to. That's their job. And that sucks. It's, and that's a shame. And then there are bands out there that are playing because they want to. That's a little bit different. But I think, honestly, that when you listen back to yourself, which we all do, now there's no escaping shit these days, okay? So every show, there's a video, there's your, the freaking iPhone, the Android, the whatever. You, you need to listen to yourself and make sure you're delivering. If you're going to go, this is again, my opinion. If I'm going to sing, I'll, I'll be 1 million percent honest, which is the only way I am. Um, people come to me and they say, why don't you play can't find my way? And that's such a classic, you know, hardline song. Can't find my way. I said, and I, my response is because I don't know that I can deliver it to you the way you heard it in 92. And ah, okay. I think I think a lot of these guys are not honest with themselves. Stop, for Christ's sakes. You can't hit the note by two. Okay, so either don't play that song, play something else, because, you know, guys like Kiss, they've got how many hundreds of freaking killer songs? Iron right. Maiden, same thing. Dave, David Coverdale, please try, please stop trying to hit those notes. You can't hit them anymore. <laughs> stop. Okay, it doesn't mean that you're not great, because they're all great. We know they're all great. They were all great. They are all great. They produced amazing songs, life-changing for a lot of us. I mean, I'm a fan, too. Before I'm a musician, I'm a fan. I grew up with you know, Scorpions and Dio and Kiss and all that shit, right? But are you trying to deliver the same thing you delivered in 84? If you are and you can't do it for the love of God, stop singing it. Um, and so I let the people and the videos dictate what I'm doing right or what I'm doing wrong. But you've got to be humble to do that, man. And a lot of these guys, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut anybody up. That's not my style. But no, no, they're not, not They're not honest with themselves. So I don't know if they're doing it because they think that's what the people want to hear or if they're doing it because they think they can still do it. Well, listen to your videos. You can't freaking do it anymore. That's why I'm very careful on what I sing and what I don't sing, because I don't want to overpromise. I want to be great at what I do. So if it means right. I can't play that song because I can't do it right for you, then I'm not going to do it. See, that's and the I way think, I do it, bro. Yeah, and, I, and see, and I think that that's such a huge thing because, you know, I. I you know like uh, for a while there it was getting hokey with priest you know i remember seeing being like oh man rob is having such a hard time you know like uh, you know th- there's so many things that are just th- that can be done why th- why is the band seem like it's working you know then they get richie faulkner richie faulkner's like why are you making the greatest metal singer you know one of the best metal singers of all time struggle tune down a full step and they were just like Okay, and then all of a sudden they tune down a full step, bam, Halford's back in action. Do you know what I mean? I saw Jeff Tate. 
uh, perform Operation Mindcrime a couple weeks ago flawlessly. Operation again, Mindcrime. Yeah, I love that. You too. know, but again, yeah. tuned down. But because those guys at least recognize, you know, you know, they recognize. Okay, my my voice is not what it was when I was 23. Of course, I'm not going to hit that six octave. Maybe I'm down to four. You know, so I need to kind of right, exactly. make it work for me. But then there's some of these vocalists, and because it's me, I will name names because you know oh, you can stay the innocent one. Here but I mean, you know, here it comes. Here yeah. it comes, people. I mean, here it comes. I mean, Paul Stanley, Sebastian Bach, um, uh, uh, Ian Gillen from Deep Purple. The first time I ever saw Deep Purple that I ever got to see Deep Purple was last summer, and it was so sad for me because it was like. I was like, why are you still doing this, man? Like, you know, and and I get Vince Neil, who hasn't actually been able to sing since 1982, but like, you know, like, (laughs) I I just, I just did a show. I just did a show with Deep Purple with Axel and it was kind of deep fuchsia. It wasn't quite purple. (laughs) It was in, it was in between, but you know what, man? Yeah, I, I mean, I think you, you hit it on the, uh, 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 you, you hit the nail perfectly. I, some, some days you wake up as a singer, some days you're the hammer, and some days you're the nail. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I, I've had shows where I've actually not apologized, but but sort of apologized because... I'm doing the best I can under the conditions. Sometimes if you've got a cold, you look, you're a singer, you've got a cold, everything affects your vocal cords. If you're freaking stressed out, it all goes to the throat, right? But some of these guys are consistently bad. And so there's so there's something wrong. Something has changed anatomically. And it can happen, bro. So like when we get old, unfortunately for me, with my big Italian schnoz, your nose keeps growing, your ears keep growing. It changes as you get old, right? So think about it that way. So anatomically, something's changing. So if you can't hit those notes anymore, just please, for the love of God, stop singing those notes. It's that simple. Just stop singing them. And then it goes back to kind of what you talk about. Was that? But So I go back and I look at these these artists and I, I I look at people like Coverdale and I look at people like um, Gillen or whatever and you know you look at them and you're like you, know, you, you guys were once like a powerhouse like a uh, 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 like a like a monster like Coverdale even I mean even back in like the you know talking like you know live in the heart of the city love hunter you know early oh, that, the you know, even, epic you know epic even stuff. those epic. you know even before they 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 had the success in the 80s you know what i mean like he had this soulful right. crooning voice but like you see the guy now and he's struggling but like he's smoking cigarettes and i'm going well, yeah, well, of course that's why your voice is, I mean, you've done nothing but abuse your throat, you know, and it really kind of bre- breaks my heart as, as a music lover because I would love nothing more than to go see a White Snake show and be blown away like I was in 87 or 88 when I know right. it's not going to happen. Or like you got Ozzy who's up there and the songs are tuned so low that you can't even recognize him until he starts singing. <laughs> You know? Oh, that, that kind of sucks. And it, yeah. but again, it's like the last time I saw Ozzy was like 1994, I think, was when he came back after his retirement, and I was like, 
this needs to be the last time I see him because it already was starting to not be good. You know what I mean? And like, and I look at him now and I'm like, ah, it's, it, it tarnishes the legacy in my opinion. Yeah. Well, that's well put, man. It's like a, it's like a painter who, you know, it's like painting the Mona Lisa and then just like, well, now I'm going to change the Mona Lisa's hair. I'm going to make the Mona Lisa blonde. I'm like, why? Right. You already made the Mona Lisa. Freaking leave it alone. But, you know, and then there's the aspect though, bro, that, that a lot, you know, so, some of these musicians out there are, <clears throat> I wish I was more like this. Uh, I'm not, but I, I, they're kind of one dimensional. You know what I mean? Like music is all they have, which is great. You know what I mean? I'm not like that. I do a lot of different things. Pretty worldly guy. I love all kinds of things in my life. I don't, yeah, right now I'm studying how to grow hay because I want, when I retire, I'm going to watch fucking grass grow. Then it's going to be hay. I'm just going to watch it grow. <laughs> sit on my porch and watch it. But I, I'm just, into all kinds of crazy shit but a lot of these guys are one dimensional it's all they do so they may not know I mean I don't know how you don't but they may not know that they're kind of that they're sounding like this you know bad and and second point is they really love still love it and that's cool too but the ones that think they have something to prove that's where I'm with you I go like okay stop Okay, stop. You don't fit into those pants anymore and stop. Okay? Stop just, with the cut-off shirts. Or just the fact You're that done. like, you know, I'm like, you know, like like I want to tell Ozzy, I want to tell Coverdale, I want to tell Paul Stanley. Like you, you don't have. you don't <laughs> Yeah, like you don't owe us anything. Like yeah. you have left behind a legacy and a body of work, you know, that is timeless like you right. don't have to keep doing this you know like coverdale go make wine in your vineyard you know and paul stanley he's a brilliant artist you know go do your art you know ozzy he's brilliant at microwaving popcorn go do that you know what i mean like right. whatever yeah. you know like yeah i just feel Absolutely. like sometimes as as a music fan it just it, it, it's just painful to watch the the artists that you loved so much just kind of overstay their yeah, welcome sort of somewhere. degrading they're degrading yeah, yeah. and so we, I agree with you a hundred percent on this point. I mean, this, but we have to, you know, we have to both agree that there are different facets of why. And again, just to recap, so some of it is they just love playing, even if they're not playing it correctly or right, which is not fair to the audience, to be honest with you. So some are doing it for money, and some are just some still think they've got it and they don't yeah. but um you know i gotta tell you some of the story so we just did a we did a show with hardline not too long ago in in cardiff uh in wales and the promoter during soundcheck i saw him shaking his head i'm thinking what the hell's wrong man and i got off, off the stage in soundcheck and he came running over to me he goes that was incredible and i said what he goes you're all you're all singing I said, yeah, that's what we do. We sing. He goes, no. He goes, 99.9% of the bands that come through here, my show's all running backing tapes and this tape and that tape. They're, they're fudging high notes with, with keyboard players pressing a, a sample. Like I'm an like, auto-tune, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's 
sorry. I'm at, so there's two ways to look at that too, bro. One is they're trying to give the fans the closest sort of replication of what they did. And then the other side of that coin is you're cheating them. So he just came up to me and goes, I really appreciate you guys. He goes, you're, you're all singing. I said, yeah, we're all fucking singing. That's what we do. We sing. And uh, he goes, that, that's, that's incredible. And I walked away thinking, whoa, that's kind of sad that he was excited that people were like really singing. So I don't know, man, we could go on and on about that topic. I think there just comes a point where if they're trying to prove like if Sebastian Bach or Ozzy or Paul Stanley are trying to prove something, they don't have to because they're awesome. They yeah. don't have to prove anything. They are awesome. We love them all, man. We we grew up with them. We we cranked that shit in our car. They have nothing to prove. So either enjoy music and just do it a little bit. Just do what you can handle. You know what I mean? Like my, my son's fourteen and he's he's into this this dirt bike stuff with this mountain biking and he does these big jumps and shit and I won't do that I do a little three foot jump he does a ten foot <laughs> do what you can do you know what I mean stay within your stay within the boundaries and the of what you are capable of doing and it's a much better show I think so you know even the people dear and near to me are saying oh please can you play Love Leads the Way I'm like I, I, I don't know that I can deliver it yeah. I just don't know. I can't find my way. I can try, but I'm afraid. I'm afraid that I will ruin what you have in your mind, you know, that you that you saw. Because here I am now. I'm 50 years old. Can I do it? So for me, I'm just kind of like, leave it alone. It's all, It's been done. It was great then. Let's not destroy it. Absolutely, and dude, dude. By the way, this is this has been awesome, man. I've had a blast talking to you. By the way, <laughs> this me has too, been bro. so me much too. fun. Thanks for shooting the shit with me, me dude. Too. Well, so before we close out, I want to know. So, are we going to see a tour? Are we going to? Is any place other than Europe going to get to see you live at all? Like, are you ever going to come to Atlanta, <laughs> like, so we can have a? T- Oh, that's a really, that's an amazing question that that some of the administration in the White House could probably answer. <laughs> you know how hard it is, bro, to bring bring international artists over to America right now. I have better chance having lunch with the Pope this afternoon uh, than than trying to. It's hard. So there's a lot of things. Do I want to play in my own country? Are you kidding me? Of course, absolutely. Can we? Man, that is a whole bunch of problems right now. So oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, time will tell. I know that um, with with the new solo album, there is going to be a massive uh, international and national, you know, U.S. push. So ye- I think the short answer is yes, and then I have to tag on a maybe onto that. You know what I mean? Because I I can't control some of the shit, honestly. Um, there's just too many things that can interfere and, and, and one is how we get people here and into the country with work visas. And I'm sure you've read how many, how many bands for festivals in, in the U S have been, you know, put back on the plane and returned home. Oh man. Um, just heard about Uli yeah, John Roth having to cancel his whole oh, tour and reschedule it due to brutal. visa issues. And you know, brutal bro. 
It's brutal. It's insane. Well, yeah. So yeah, I want to, and we'll just have to see what happens. Yeah. Oh, I'm not. I'm not afraid of, of touring. I'm booked right now. Uh, God, I, I am booked through to 2020. Literally. I mean, I. I am. Yeah. It's insane right now. So, am I afraid of touring? Absolutely not. I love it. Uh, will I get to Atlanta? Uh, maybe to the Waffle House. I don't know if I'll do a show. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. If you make it to the Waffle House, dinner's on me, and I'll also bring. Be sure to bring some emodium with us too. So awesome, um, bro. Yeah, we're gonna need plenty of that. <laughs> thank you, bro. Well, Johnny, thanks so much for taking the time to talk today, man. It's been a pleasure, and good luck with the campaign and the album and all that stuff. And thank you. And as soon as the out, al- you know, as soon as I get some more information, uh, I'll be sure to spread it along to. My my readers and post it up on the blog thank you bro and i want to i want to shout out for you i think you are an amazing writer you oh, are an amazing shit, artist and here's <laughs> here's why man because you come from a place you come from a place of pure honesty um which is tough for some of us musicians to handle man they can't you remember the movie you can't handle the truth i mean the truth <laughs> is the truth and you don't you don't hold back you don't hold back for not not one sentence do you hold back and that's commendable and it's awesome to read your stuff i thoroughly enjoy it i think you should put out a damn book oh I'm promoting that next. Well, thank you so Put, much. Putting that out. I'm putting that out next. We'll we'll see what happens when when I give you a shitty review next. <laughs> oh, you bastard! Okay, see, I was pumping you up so that you don't. I know this game. <laughs> well, great look, talking with you, my well, brother. I appreciate it, man. Well, it was great talking with you too, man. And look, we will catch up very soon again, Johnny. Thank you so much, and best of luck. You got it. Thank All you, right, brother. Thanks. Bye bye. From me.